eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, November 23rd, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Steve Hellwagon. Steve, a lot to get into today. Let's start with what has to be the number one story for Ohio State fans is what is going on with this defense. And, you know, at times they'll look really good. You know, I mean, they uh, they look good for a while there. I mean, you, you get up 35-7 to 7 against a good offense like Indiana. Uh, you're feeling pretty good there in the third quarter. And then the wheels came off. They started giving up big plays like it was – 2018 all over again what are you seeing with this defense giving up all these big plays can it be fixed what are you seeing out there Steve well Dave they've got several issues and I uh one of our posters put up several of the plays they gave up four plays of 50 yards or longer and that is very Shiano-esque as we recall uh back there as you mentioned in 2018 where they routinely gave up long plays in fact what was it in a 15-day period? They'd never given up in 120 years of OSU football, 90-yard plays, and they gave up a 90-yard run and a 90-yard pass in a span of 15 days under the great Greg Schiano, Rutgers uh, Renaissance man. But uh, yeah, people don't want to revert to that. And I think it's several issues. First of all, and I keep saying this, there was no spring football. You sent seven guys to the NFL including Chase Young. And I think his absence is is maybe even bigger than the problems they have in the secondary. Well, that, that's not possible. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think that it begins up front. And I sit here and I scratch my head about Zach Harrison. He got there on the second or third series and hit the quarterback's arm. It was disputed whether it was a fumble or an incomplete pass. He was no longer taking the ball back, in my opinion. I think he was starting or in the process of bringing it forward and it came out. And typically that's going to be an incomplete pass, although everybody on the Twitter message board was arguing it should have been a fumble. Well, Dave, explain to me why you're in high leverage situations later in the in the half. I think it was third and whatever on their own 20, and he's not in the game. They complete a pass, and then the next play, they complete the bomb down the middle for their touchdown, you know, set up the touchdown in the first half. Why is Zach Harrison not on the field? When I've got a guy who's getting home, one guy, I I don't see, you know, Cooper got home because somebody else forced the play on the first sack. Um, 
I, the next play Friday, Gene Baptiste and uh, the other guy uh, whose name I'm blanking, the five-man defensive end group, the next play those guys make will be their first. I want Zach Harrison on the field. And thankfully, at the end of the game, he was, and the pressure was much better. And they finally did get to Penix again a second time at the end of the game and forced the punt, which was huge. So, any rate, um, I think it begins with the pass rush. I think it begins with the fact that you've got so many guys in new positions that have never really played a whole lot. And, um, you know, you lost seven guys who are on NFL rosters right now. So, this is what it looks like when you have that kind of turnover. And now the secondary, Dave, four plays of 50 yards or longer. And as they said, it appeared Hooker was out of position on three or four of those plays, plus the touchdown with the pick play, um, you know, just trying to do too much. He vacated his zone. He had the deep third. It appeared he vacated his zone and the guy came right there and caught the touchdown. I mean, um, either he doesn't understand what he's being asked to do or he can't read and diagnose what he's supposed to do. Uh, the scheme is too difficult. The scheme is uh, too intricate for these guys to understand. Whatever it is, it ain't working. And they got to get back to the drawing board now. Because I don't think Illinois, Michigan State with the big Rocky Lombardi, Michigan, although this McNamara kid looked pretty good in the second half, or Northwestern with Peyton Ramsey, I don't think any of the four of them – are going to challenge this defense and put up 28 points. But I can guarantee you Clemson, Notre Dame, Alabama, one of those three will put up 50 on this team if they don't get it figured out. So, um, And you will not win the semifinal game if you don't get it figured out. So that's what you're playing for right now. You know, I, I'm living here in the real world. I know one week at a time, and, you know, Illinois did upset Ohio State when they were number one back in 2007, and, and Illinois did beat Wisconsin when they were 6-0 and last year on that last second field goal. They're capable, which, you know, any team's capable on any given day. We've seen all kinds of crazy things this year. But in the real world, the only team that, that the only teams that can really challenge this team with the fact Ohio State's going to go out and score 45 or 50 points every game are the ones I mentioned. And, and you don't want to get in a shootout with one of those teams. you got to get your defense fixed and use the next three or four games to do it. So, um, again, I, my, my wife kind of put it in proper perspective, as Ryan Day tried to put it in proper perspective after the game, that these kids have been through so much and sacrifices and everything, while the other teams have been through a lot of the same things too. And I don't want to minimize that because we're all going through that, and these guys uh, just as much as anybody. But if, in this crazy year, if – you aspire to be a national champion, you got to get this fixed. So, uh, you know, you're not a championship team as you sit here today. Yeah, that's the thing. I have so many thoughts going through my mind. I mean, there is good news for long stretches of games. They look elite, especially they look like an elite offense for long stretches of games. It almost looks like they get bored um, when they get up big. And they're going to be fine in the Big Ten right now. I mean, I thought maybe Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game could give them a good game. Now they're going to be playing Northwestern, it looks like, for the second time in three years. And Northwestern's a good story, and they're a tough team with a good defense and, you know, good enough offense with Peyton Ramsey as a fifth-year senior transfer from Indiana. But they're not going to be able to hang with Ohio State for 60 minutes. So Ohio State's going to get to the playoff, in my opinion. They're going to be undefeated. And there's, there's some good things that are happening with this team. But right now, I would not be – 
Um, I, I would not be feeling good about their chances of, let's say, if they're playing Alabama right now. I would not, I would not be optimistic in the least. Now, anything can happen in one game, especially when you have Justin Fields as your quarterback. But, but still, sticking on the defense just for a second, where are you at on Kerry Combs? I, it's interesting. He, does, he doesn't have as much talent at, at his disposal as last year, but they're also giving up way too many big plays. And this is his first year as a defensive coordinator. Where are you at on Coach Combs? I'm okay with him. Um, you know, <clears throat> he seems like he's tried to assimilate with what Jeff Halfley ran for Ryan Day last year, kind of like at Ryan Day's behest. And they are a little bit thin at safety and probably have a few more bodies at corner. I think Marcus Williamson is kind of playing a hybrid corner and safety thing because I've seen him bail out on some plays and, and take a deep half or a deep third. And um, I don't know. I think that the clamor from a lot of people was, why can't you play uh, some zone and uh, not get deep, beat deep? But again, um, you know, uh, you got to be assignment sound. And it seemed to me that Hooker was biting on crossing routes and underneath routes and maybe even play fakes and was not where he was supposed to be. I mean, Banks gives up that long pass in the first half and I'm watching the binoculars and his first move when he gets up is to look back with both hands up, you know, like, where were you, bro? You know, type thing. Like he was expecting a hooker to not let anybody get by him. And uh, if that safety's not there, the corner, I mean, you, you're expecting him to play bump and run coverage for 50 yards. I mean, that's, you know, I don't know. That's, that's a little difficult unless you're given like a 10 yard cushion. So again, I, uh, I think they're going to have to do a deep dive and figure out, you know, they've obviously think hookers, their guy uh, Proctor. I don't know. He wasn't in on a lot of these big plays. He was in on a couple of them. I, you know, they got to figure out which guys on this defense can play and which guys can't and go with the guys who can play because uh, you know, as I alluded to with the defensive uh, end thing, and I'm not expecting Zach Harrison, Indiana ran, uh, 67 plays. I'm not expecting him to play 65 plays or anything like that. But the last game they played, he was the fourth or fifth highest play count guy at defensive end. No, he needs to be number one. They need to get the people who can play on the field is my feeling. And uh, if this involves going back to a two corner, two safety thing or playing more zone coverages or when you're up 35 to seven, you need to win this game 56 to 14, not 42 to 35, and give them two cracks with the ball at the end to try and tie it. Uh, that that ain't right, man. And Ohio State's never blown a 28 point lead. Well, we almost saw it on Saturday. And uh, I, you know, Ryan Day it was a poignant moment. Had his arm around Kerry Combs and and Dom DiMaggio there for the Carmen Ohio. Everyone saw the picture. And I'm sure under his mask, he's saying, bro, we got to get this fixed yesterday. Meet you at the facility in an hour, probably was what he was saying. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was not pretty. No, it was not. And, you know, you've touched on this a little bit. I mean, yeah, Hooker is really struggling out there as that center fielder. I, I, Josh Proctor is the one DB that I think is playing well consistently. Uh, he'll hit you. He's fast. He can even cover one-on-one. He needs to be a guy that, that's out there a lot and you know they they were high on hooker coming into the year as that center fielder but uh, he's just not getting it done 
So we'll see what happens. They got to figure it out, whether it's personnel, whether it's coaching. It's probably a mix. If we're being honest, it's, it's probably a mix of both. They've got to get it fixed, as you said, Steve. And they will travel to Illinois, the Buckeyes will, this Saturday, 12.30 kickoff Eastern time. Game will be on Fox Sports 1. Illinois on a two-game winning streak. <laughs> the Fighting Illini come in with a two-game winning streak with the, the Lovey Smith. And uh, they got a couple quarterbacks okay. that have been playing well. You went Brandon Peters, the Michigan transfer now in his second year there. And they got the the freshman, Isaiah Williams, who's a redshirt freshman, uh, the, more the running quarterback who had a huge game the previous game. And then Peters came back from, I believe, COVID. I don't think it was – maybe it was an injury, but he came back this past week and uh, had a pretty good game. So – what do you expect as the Buckeyes travel to Champaign-Urbana this Saturday, Steve? Well, I think it's got the potential to be a fun game. I, I like the way Illinois has stayed with it, um, where other programs shut things down and didn't play games and made excuses, it seems. Um, they had guys who tested positive, but through their protocol, they were able to keep the majority of their team uh, safe. And they played their first three games right on through it, and they lost those three games and really not much to write home about. And then they come back and turn the tables last week on Rutgers. I didn't think they had any chance to win that game, and they did. Uh, and then they dominate Nebraska on Saturday, and Nebraska is just the biggest head-scratcher in the world, and a lot of their problem is a quarterback because they can't make any plays, and they're a turnover machine, it seems like. I think they had five turnovers four fumbles and an interception, I believe, in the game against Illinois. Illinois had almost 300 yards rushing. Now, we don't expect them to have more than about 100 yards rushing against Ohio State because Ohio State's defense, the one thing that they do is stop the run. Uh, that is uh, a fabulous job they've done so far this season on the run. So I think uh, it's going to put it on Brandon Peters, their quarterback, to make some plays to try and keep them in the game. But uh, my feeling is Justin Fields is going to have a, a field day, bounce back from his three interception performance uh, in this game where, again, that's what Indiana does. They, they bring blitzes. And really it wasn't even so much the blitzes. It was uh, he, he had all day on two of those interceptions. And then finally when the pressure closed in, he panicked a little bit. And, uh, and threw a couple of bad interceptions that, uh, uh, you know, I, I guess every he, – he was due. I mean, he'd only thrown one interception in 13 Big Ten games prior to that, so he was due. But uh, hopefully he's got that out of his system. Uh, what we don't know is the weather. I know it's going to be around 40, 45 degrees probably at game time. Uh, we're going to wake up over there on Saturday. It's possibly going to be some rain and snow showers. You know it'll be windy. It's always yeah, windy yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a wind tunnel, which makes it hard to complete passes. So uh, will Olave and Wilson have their usual 100-yard games? I don't know. But uh, Wilson is one game away from tying Chris Carter with five straight 100-yard games, which would be uh, a piece of OSU history if he could do that. Of course, uh, on the, on the flip side, uh, Dave Penix had the fourth most yards in a game, and Fry, Fried Buckeye, Fry Fogel, had the third most receiving yards in a game against Ohio State this, this past week. So uh, those, those are milestones that, that we don't want to uh, celebrate so much. But uh, uh, how about Ryan Day, the second fastest coach in Ohio State history to 20 wins, did it in 21 games, and, of course, only trailing – Urban Meyer, who got there in 20 games, 
won his first 24. Then Urban had that little blip where he doinked off three out of four games there with Clemson and uh, what was it Michigan State, Clemson, and then the opener they won and then they lost to Virginia Tech. So uh, if Day can be the fastest to 30 wins, 40 wins, and 50 wins, Dave, uh, we may have something on our hands here. College football playoff rankings come out for the first time playoff. tomorrow. That'll be fun. Playoff? How do you expect they will look? You think it's going to be like, you think the top four is going to be just like what we're seeing in the AP poll right now? Yes. I don't think they have any reason to deviate. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a, uh, Alabama one, probably Notre Dame two, Ohio State three, which really doesn't matter. It's just two versus three either way if you're two or you're three. Uh, Alabama, uh, I guess four. Alabama Clemson. needs Clemson. Or I'm sorry, Clemson. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting everything confused. It's so early in the morning. Clemson four. And they could move up, obviously, if they play Notre Dame in the ACC championship game. Uh, and beat Notre Dame, then I think Clemson would move up to three and Notre Dame would be four. So it's kind of setting up for Ohio State Clemson in another semifinal, which is not good news for Ohio State, given the uh, past results may not determine future uh, uh, returns, but uh, that's not a, not a good matchup for Ohio State, or it hasn't been. I think most people would rather play Notre Dame, but uh, at any rate, uh, that's how I see it. I think if uh, Clem or if uh, Notre Dame were to reprise their win and knock Clemson completely out of it, then you've got a handful of teams. Texas A&M has already played Alabama and lost to them. So if they win out and end up whatever with one loss, they could be a viable team. And then you have Cincinnati who uh, skated by uh, Central Florida this past week by three. If uh, they can go undefeated, they would be viable. And BYU, hoping to get a matchup with Washington this week, which would add to their resume a little bit um, to replace uh, an opponent Washington can't play, I guess, because of COVID. Uh, those are probably the three teams because Florida with one loss is not going to be there if Alabama beats them in the SEC championship. And the other team that's kind of floating out there is Oregon. They're three and zero. They're only going to end up seven and zero, maybe. I don't know. But uh, do uh, does the committee take them into account as well? Maybe if they're impressive in their seven wins or eight wins, however many it's going to be. But uh, to me, I think it's 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 preordained. I think Clemson beats Notre Dame the second time around with Trevor Lawrence playing, and that'll be your your top four, pretty much as we look at it. There's no reason to extend the season. There's nobody on the horizon who's being ripped off. Those are the top four teams in college football. Let's play it off. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. All right, let's close the show real quick. This has snuck up on me, so I'm sure it snuck up on a lot of the listeners. Ohio State will tip off its basketball season this week. Regular season basketball starts this week. Wednesday, Illinois State and the Buckeyes will play at 2 p.m. Talk about that a little bit, and more importantly, just what do you expect from the Buckeyes this year on the hardwood, Steve? Yeah, it has snuck up on people. They postponed the start of the season from early November to now to hopefully have better control of COVID, which just seems to continue to spike nationally, and it, it is what it is. And they're going to take safeguards, and, and Chris Holtman's already primed people that games are going to get canceled and postponed. And just, you know, he's scheduling. They have 26 games on their schedule. They're hoping to add a game at some point to get to 27 if they can. But he knows that uh, at least one or more games will probably not come off. Uh, 
I, I like the guys they have starting at one through four, which would be CJ Walker, Dwayne Washington Jr. coming into his own as a junior, expecting him to be the leading scorer. EJ Liddell and, or rather, um, uh, Justice Suing at the three, the California transfer. He was a 14.6 rebound guy as a sophomore. If he can do that, he's like second or third team all Big Ten. So that would be good if he can do that. Sounds like he's healthy. Seth Towns not quite back yet. The transfer from Harvard. Then EJ Liddell, promising year. Last year as a freshman, he'll be the four. Kyle Young, very undersized at 6'8 at center at least for the first four minutes of the game. And then we'll see if they bring in Ibrahima Diallo, the 6'11 kid from Senegal, uh, the sophomore to play center, or if it'll be Zed Key, 6'9 freshman out of New York. Uh, be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, not a lot of depth, particularly in the backcourt. They did get approval for Jimmy Sotos uh, to play this year, the, the Bucknell transfer. He was going to sit out this year. And then they're going to add Michi Johnson after December the 15th or so. He'll be able to, to join the team, a true freshman. So uh, they've got some pieces and parts to work with. And uh, Illinois State picked ninth in the Missouri Valley Conference. So this was a hand-picked team, certainly by Chris Holtman, to get the soft launch of this season off and running. Buckeyes picked 23rd in the AP poll. They were picked, I believe, seventh in the Big Ten media poll. I th personally think they're going to end up about fourth or fifth, uh, particularly if they get Towns back in there and particularly if they get anything meaningful out of Diallo and uh, Key at center. I mean, and by that, I mean a little bit of production without fouling out. So uh, that would be huge uh, on all parts. But I like the four mainstays, five mainstays that we ticked off we're going to start, it seems. And Walker really came into his own at the end of last year. You need good shot economy out of Dwayne Washington and uh, see where it goes. Uh, they're going to play again on Sunday at 4 or 4.30 against, I want to say it is Alabama A&M or, or somebody like that. I don't even have the schedule in front of me. And another bye game, basically. So they will play two games this first week and uh, – really get into it, and we'll get a feel for what uh, what Ohio State basketball is going to look like this year. Great stuff from Steve Hellwagon. Thank you very much, Steve, and thank you to all of the listeners for tuning into the show. Hope everyone has a great day. Thanks again, Bucknutters. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 